Hey, Debbie, I really enjoyed listening to your, uh, uh, what do you call it, road trip segments uh, about video games and, uh, you know, the back and to and fro you had with your daughter about it. Really interesting to listen from a parent perspective and, a, you know, um, your child's perspective. Because on the one hand, I think it sort of shows a generational divide, um, but also sort of maybe a societal divide, if you can call it that. Um, yeah, very interesting. I associate. I uh, sort of felt like I had gone through the same sort of thing myself, talking about the same um, sort of topic areas that you both um, were discussing. Did it change your mind, I was wondering, uh, about video games, or do you still feel the same as you did before you had those uh, chats? I'd love to know. Thanks. Mike, thanks for the difficult question. <laughs> do I still feel the same? I don't know yet. What I'll say is that I'm interested in, in, in listening more. I I hear, I guess where I, I, I will say is that I'm hearing the value that video games bring to people in a way that I didn't think of before. How Julia kept, con she she compared them to books. I found that interesting. Because, of course, my brain says they're nothing like books. But when she talked about being part of the character, and if you could imagine your favorite book ever, and then actually living the book through virtual reality, through a video game, that that might be kind of cool. Um, she talked about video games being artwork. Um, the stories. The meaning in the stories. So she's not playing Grand Theft Auto, right? <laughs> she's playing, um, sounds like ones that are more epic. So I'm open to the idea that video games are not just a mindless activity, a waste of time. I'm open to that. Am I open to the pursuit of that's all you do in your life? And that you can find true happiness? What I'm open to is hearing more about that, hearing more about someone's experience and why they, why they say that that makes them happy. I was listening back to one of uh, um, the recordings there and I said something interesting to myself, which was, you know, and this is what parents say, I just want my child to be happy. And I would invite them to see that that's not actually true. Most of us parents want to be proud about the thing our child is happy about. Because a lot of times our children are telling us that they are happy and we're not satisfied with that. Would I be happy if my child were happy playing video games all day for like the next 10 years? And I would not be. Not without a little bit of detachment first of recognizing that this is their life not mine you know and I'm pursuing that now I I endeavor to get to that place of um, cutting the umbilical, umbilical cord the, the figurative one that um, that would allow me to can disengage in the sense that this is their life it's not in my control the choices they make good and bad are theirs to make and theirs to learn from. 
So I know that's a meandering question. Do I feel the same about video games? I feel a little different about video games. I have a more open mind about what you can get from them. And yet it's still twisted up with, yeah, but I don't know if I still want my teenager doing that all day long. <laughs> um, yeah, so in progress is where I am, where I land on the video game thing. Thank you so much for asking, Mike. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the topic. Uh, I'm not, I'm sorry, I've forgotten if you have children or not. So do you land from the parent perspective, the teenager perspective? And when I say teenager, that's actually not very fair because I know a lot of adults who like to play video games. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear yours too. Hello. So I'm calling in about um, books versus video games. And it was so funny at the very end that you said, choose your own adventures, because I was thinking that that would be a great opening for me to talk about video games. Now, a Choose Your Own Adventure book uh, is great, but um, there's only so many Choose Your Own Adventure books. There's only so many paths. And the, the downfall of the Choose Your Own Adventure is you can go back and you can figure it out. Oh, how to get the best ending, how to um, get the worst ending, how to know all the endings by tracing it back. Well... The video game has all those things hidden, and for you to experience it, you have to actually play it. You become the character. You step in someone else's shoes. It is a whole other world. It opens your mind. Okay, quick follow-up on video game subject. Um, just do a little bit of research. There's a lot of studies that say video games are great for young minds. Hand-eye coordination, decision-making, empathy. There's a, it's, I could just go on and on. Yes, I mean, everything that's good is bad. Too much of it. But, and the connections people are making nowadays because of video games through video games and the culture, um... It's just really amazing. There's podcasts. There's there's people watching other people play video games. There's games done quick. There's playing video games for charity. Like, you just need to dive a little deeper. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to try to say your name. Arantra? Arantra? Please correct me from butchering your name because <laughs> I want to say your name correctly. Uh, I do appreciate you um, connecting and contributing to this conversation so deeply because I want to understand, I want to broaden my view for my sake, not just so, um, not just for the sake of understanding my child better, but really for um, <clears throat> when I'm close to something that the I don't like that feeling of being closed inside. And uh, you know, we as parents, we say things like, and I say we as parents, there's a lot of parents who aren't like me, uh, but I hear other parents like me say, um, oh, kids and video games. And you'll see something on Facebook, someone saying, 
video games are bad and what it's doing to our culture nowadays is disconnecting and all of these things. And those all feed into the fears. And just like I was saying on that previous segment that um, we are always 20 years in the future. We're missing right now. We're missing the connection right now. We think that what they're interested in right now will be forever. And even let's say it is. Yeah, the judgments I have about it close me off from understanding. Whenever I have a judgment about something, I think I know its whole story. And that's why this conversation with my daughter was so valuable to me, so that she could talk to me and that I could listen. And I, I know I was resisting, but I wanted to be honest. I didn't want to pretend to be some holier-than-thou parent. You know, her and I have this kind of relationship where we can talk these things out. And I really appreciate that. And there were times that she was saying, you don't get it. And I love that she said that. I love that I was able to record this conversation. I hope it helps other parents, other people start to open their minds up about something that um, causes stress. Because these are the things that we create wars over in our homes. Chores and video games are two huge things. And sleeping all day when it comes to teens. Those are things that we will start an all-out third world war war over. The war in our homes are the ones that we need to be concerned about. I can't do the, anything about those, the war in the world. I can do something about the war in my home. And when I am close to understanding something fully, just like we think we need to understand you know, other races, other cultures, I need to understand the culture that's in my home when it comes to video games. Does that mean I'm going to say yes to playing video games all day? No, it won't. Because it's not my preference. Um, I mean, at least not at this point. And who knows, maybe eventually I'll be like, cool, I'll play video games all day. But right now I can't imagine that. But perhaps I can come to this place of um, being more open and understanding and more supportive because I have a different understanding of it. You know, you see on Facebook, parents, for me, I have friends who take a picture of their kids reading a book um, outside. They're outside, they're at a campsite, and they're reading a book, and the parents take a picture. Oh, isn't that nice? But if he was outside, you know, at a campsite on his iPhone, that would not be some something they would take a picture of and brag about to people. They would say, you know, you're in the great outdoors, enjoy, blah, blah, blah. But when it's a book, then it's okay. Because books are the things that lead you to different ways of thinking and culture. Video games do not. So say the prejudice. But hearing my daughter's experience of video games is very different. And as long as I think video games are bad, then I'm not going to listen to what she has to say. So I really appreciate your contribution to the conversation. Because it, um, it continues to help me broaden my my mind about it. Debbie, first time caller here. I heard your little section on uh, video games and if I play and all that kind of jazz and that you're confronting your teenager on the value proposition of video gaming. Well, I used to not really get it either. I, <clears throat> But I realize this when I was when I was young when I was a teenager I loved to read and go out and skateboard and do different things and there would be many times where 
I remember reading The Lord of the Rings and spending days and days and days reading that and just being caught up in that adventure. And now you have the beauty of all these different people creating these amazing adventures and the... Oh, man, I have to have more than one call in. All right. All right, I'm back. Man, it's one minute. It's not enough. Um, the art that goes into video games is absolutely fascinating. You have a ton of sculptors, you have a ton of modelers, these texture guys, people that work on the lighting, and then you have the programming, all this amazing code that goes into these games. And then the thing that's fascinating about games is when you were playing them, at first it's such a challenge because your brain doesn't know what the controls are. And after a while you get into it to where that becomes second nature and this hand-eye coordination comes in to where you really become that character and it can be quite epic. Uh, I wouldn't knock it until I really tried it. I don't think you can fully understand until you've engaged with friends inside of a virtual world like that what the value is. Hello Vincent. Oh, I'm so glad that you decided to put your um, opinion, your two cents, your thoughts in on this matter. Um, actually, as soon as I saw that you called in, I eagerly went over to hear what you had to say because, because of your, um, because you're such a prolific artist, I was very curious on your take on this. Because on one hand, we as parents think, I keep saying we as parents, like I'm speaking for all parents. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I'm just going to speak from me as a parent. I, as a parent, um, think thoughts like video games get in the way of creative expression as the player. Sure, as the creator, you mentioned all the art and amazing creative scope that goes into playing a video game. Or, pardon me, creating a video game. Playing a video game? Is there creativity involved with playing a video game? Hmm. You know, I see a child sitting and staring at a screen, and I think they're not painting. They're not building with clay or Play-Doh. They're not out building a sandcastle. They're not out using their hands and their imaginations, it feels like to me, from the outside looking in. And I say that because I recognize that I haven't experienced it on the level that my daughter has. I've played little, vi I've played video games, but not the epic story kind that that she has uh, or that my son has. So yes, you're you're you make a completely correct observation that perhaps I shouldn't knock it till I try it. So um, <laughs> yeah, and you talk about being awkward at first with not knowing the controls. That's why I stop. I've tried to play uh, these games with them in the past, and uh, there I am moving the thing around, and uh, you know my my guy keeps walking into the wall, or I keep killing myself somehow, or something, <laughs> shoot myself in the foot. I don't know. I'm like, what's the, what's going on here? And my kids are saying, "Those are your hearts, and you're dying because the guy's shooting you, and you're just standing there." I'm like, "Ow." Oh! Oh, that's what that sound was. Oh, that's why the thing's flashing red. <laughs> uh, 
but you're right. I, I need to just sort of give it a chance, get past that awkward phase and, and maybe immerse into a story and just really experience what they're talking about. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm open to hearing. I'm open to hearing my children talk about it from their perspective and, and not having such a closed view and saying that it's just all bad. Video games are bad, you know. So, hey, Vincent, I, I uh, also, as an aside, we connected uh, a couple of times on V1. We were talking about, forget what we were talking about, but we connected there. I'm not sure if you remember that, but either way, it's really nice to hear your voice and uh, to, to connect with you now. Thank you so much for, for contributing and for reaching out to me, to me as a person, Paulo Mani called me on that one time and I said thank you for calling into my station and he said uh, I'm not calling into your station I'm calling uh, I'm I'm reaching out to you I'm talking to you a person and I just love that so I make a point of not saying thanks for calling into my station <laughs> I feel like it was a connection a heart-to-heart connection when, when two people um, find something that triggers you to contribute to to reach out to press record and to to talk about something that I've mentioned that's a that's a connection of sorts right that's how I see it so thank you for that and one of the things that's interesting is video games have actually become a spectator sport because a lot of times it's very engaging to watch somebody else go through that experience um, and so the idea of playing games in a basement, there's people that make millions of dollars doing that and are very engaged and create an amazing community of friends and people around it. So thinking that somebody's going to be disengaged because they're playing video games is really just not having a bigger enough awareness of what the whole scope of that connection that can be. So I just say appreciate it for its art for its communication ability, and for its challenges. It teaches a lot more than we think it does. So, just my little two cents. Salavistic, signing out. You know, the other thing that's amazing about video games is that feeling of accomplishment that you get when you beat a big boss or you, you figure out that puzzle uh, and you accomplish that quest. There's so many things that I think you learn through video games because the people creating it are creating puzzles and, and these different challenges for you to try to figure out and conquer. And there's many, many different things that I've been learning and playing in video games that actually end up applying to real life that, that help me think about, like, a lot of times I'll play video games while I'm trying to work on a design project because... It gets my away, my mind away from that design project. And when I'm done with the game, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And it just comes to me. So I think there is quite a bit of value to these video games. Vincent, oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I just can't tell you all how much I'm loving this conversation and how it's really, I feel... Like connections are being made in my brain. This is one of those times where, have you ever felt the physical feeling of your brain opening and, and thinking about things differently? I love that. 
I love that about this kind of discussion. And I love the feeling of my brain <laughs> opening. <laughs> like it feels like a physical thing. Okay, so anyway, back to what I was going to say was, Vincent, what you just said twigged an insight for me, which was, um, I was saying previously, how is it? Sure, I see the creativity in creating the game. Where's the creativity in playing the game? By experiencing that game, number one, oh, okay, I just had another one. Okay, creating art, creating a painting, that's creative. Observing the painting, experiencing it now as the... Um, witness opens up creativity inside of me the possibility of it that was how narrow that comment was of mine when I said how can there be creativity in playing the game that's like me saying where's the creativity in taking in a painting or a piece of music That's or, or poetry Where's the creativity in reading a piece of poetry? That's how narrow that statement, that question of mine was. And then on top of that, when you said that sometimes if you're working on a design project and then you go and you play a video game and then you come back and you're like, oh, it opens up a scope inside of you. Where, where does that come from? Is it just the break from the design project? Like it could be that you could go for a walk and get that same feeling. But perhaps it's using a part of your brain that allows some connections to be made. Mm, fabulous. Thank you, guys. Just remember, life is a video game for your soul. Following is several segments from Aloistic Artist. I invite you to take, it'll be about 20 minutes long, and to just set your phone down, have your headphones in, close your eyes, and just listen. To reserve that time for yourself and to, to hear his perspective on um, the way we see the world and how it's so influenced by our beliefs and our thinking and our feelings about things. Uh, some of you know who've been listening to me for some time and some of you are my friends know that this is a pursuit of mine as well that I that I explore this and I I love Vincent's uh, Aloistic artist Vin, Vincent's um, words he he just describes things so beautifully and uh, yeah the invitation is to listen not with your intellect because when we listen to try to make sense um, then we're already a bit closed because you're weighing it against what you already think and believe 
So when you listen with your heart, with your being, with an openness of, okay, this might not all make sense to me and that's okay. I'm just going to let the words flow in and, and then just experience it. Listen more with an experiencing sense rather than, rather than an intellectual sense. So he's going to talk about uh, a variety of things, meditation, state of mind, that sort of thing, state of soul. <laughs> uh, but he does weave this conversation of video games in there in a really fascinating perspective. Um, all of these segments, by the way, I'm going to be adding to an episode and uh, putting it onto my homeschooling with Inquiry podcast and sharing this with as many parents as I possibly can. So thank you everyone for your contributions and thank you so much, Vincent. So uh, I'm not going to comment in between. I'm just going to let his, his um, call-ins just roll through all of them because I think that they sound best when they're one right after another. Enjoy. You're very close. You're very, very close. But you keep talking about the brain and you forget about the heart. It is a dual... They've found that there is actually a neural network that can be created between the heart and mind. And when you follow your heart, that's where you're following that joy and excitement. That's where the excitement of playing that game... It's really about fulfilling that excitement because that joy and excitement is your higher self, your soul playing this video game we call life, leading you in the direction to bring you more things that are exciting and joyful for your life. Uh, I know that's a little off of video game tech, but hear me out here next week. Alright, so I call myself an aloistic artist to remind myself to allow that creativity to flow. Now you go, how can creativity stem from the act of playing a video game? Evidently you've never played Minecraft. Uh, there is this huge movement that has changed to a more open world, player controlled, player created with a huge level of crafting built into it. And so there's different games, like there's a little game I'm playing right now. It's a post-apocalyptic, you know, Mad Max type of a world where you build these little machines and you go out and fight each other. And, it, and on the surface, if you're just looking at first level story, yeah, it sounds terrible. But the creativity that comes in with playing... Uh, next wave the creativity that's engaged in building something like what's beautiful about this game is that you craft your own vehicle so you put the wheels where you want to put it you put the little guns where you want to put it and it uses a physics engine that mimics our actual real world physics and then you have to drive this thing and if you build it derpy that thing's going to drive derpy if 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 you put too big of a gun on and you don't have it balanced right, you're going to shoot that gun and boom, you're going to fall over backwards and they're all going to blow all your wheels off and you're done. And the creativity of building these different little things has led me 
and allowed me to build a lot of things that I had been building in my mind, but have a physical interface to be able to play with those ideas. And it's really about engaging play, the value of play. The other thing is that in the now that we live in, <clears throat> the experience is stuck to this little screen which we've been experiencing for the last 20 years as our paradigm growing more and more to the screen. We are about to break free of that screen. With where technology is going, the next phase of this is both in a mixed reality to where you're seeing that game world play out in your real world. So you could sit in your living room and build a Minecraft world like you would with Legos but now you can walk around it and you can experience it from different angles. And so the current paradigm is confusing to a mind that's not aware of where it's going. I need to get back to the heart-mind thing. All right, there is a website called Gaia.com and they have a show called Missing Links with Greg Braden. He's from New Mexico and he's an amazing teacher. He's studied all the native cultures and he's also a scientist and a degreed, uh, I think he was a geologist. His series called Missing Links on Gaia, it, it is a little paywall but there's a lot of fascinating, really, really very inspired information to watch there. There is a studies that have been that he talks about of the heart mind science and that there is a neural network between the mind and the heart and with a practice of meditation you can really get the two of them to work together as a coherent pair just like the left and right and here's one of the things that I would give as an advice for your your worry worry about your child not doing something right and it creating a bad future for them is using your imagination to create something you do not want. That's all worry is. Worry is engaging the imagination, trying to manifest something that you do not want to experience. And then you're surprised, oh my gosh, it showed up. Use your imagination to create things in your life that you do want. I had to fire my boss, which was my little brother to be able to follow my my heart back to New Mexico to get back to my art into the things that really fired my heart up and so follow your heart and your mind will follow and living in the now being in the now being present in this moment is not some hippy dippy trippy thing that you should just shuffle off and kind of hoo-hoo-woo-woo. It is truly the most important thing you can do is to be present in the now. Being absolutely 100% in that moment, in the now. <clears throat> and being engaged in that now. And in a way, I, I think we're not really seeking 
disengagement, we are seeking engagement. Because when we engage in that video game, you are so focused in what you are doing in that moment, in that, that now that you're experiencing, that nothing else matters in that moment. And now along with that being in the now, what's really important to engage is segment intending. So we all have same amount of time every day. So what we do with our time, those segments, and when I engage in a segment, everything else is on the back burner. There's no such thing as an emergency. I, I, I focus on that particular thing. When I'm done with that particular thing, I'll go do whatever the next segment is. And that usually follows from what excites me most. Sometimes it's jumping on my bicycle and taking a ride. Sometimes it's sitting down and engaging in a video game. Sometimes it's sitting painting. But I try to focus on that now moment and being aware and observing that, that feedback from that moment. I've got another one on this. The other thing is conscious intentional awareness, right? We, we tend to not realize the power of our words, the power of this now moment. Think of it this way. Your state of being that you're holding, that vibration that you're feeling in your heart, is likened to a Google query to the universe, right? So whatever you're asking for in your heart in that moment is currently being arranged, aligned, and brought back to you as a reflection of your reality. So if you react to that reflection of your reality, then that pushes forward that state of being. So you get caught in this little loop. But the beauty of it is you can switch that. We come into this life without an instruction manual. But as a child, we intuitively do all the things that are joyful to us. That's why play is so important to a child. That act of play is engaging their imagination and, and their fun, right? They're all about following the fun. And then we get programmed into this other way of being because of this certain current situations and circumstances that our world presents us. Well, if you can come to the awareness that your emotions are your feedback mechanism to tell you what you are currently manifesting, what in this particular now you're attracting, then you have that greater awareness. And consciousness is the awareness of being aware. And you know, it's funny about the unschooling. I am still unschooling myself. Uh, I I follow that curiosity. Like recently, I've been really fascinated about electricity, and and the different terminologies and how the things relate to each other, and how to build a battery pack, and how to build an, my own battery pack for my bicycle, and also for the house, and for you know, how to build a little electric vehicle and, and all these things. So I've been really diving into all these different types of little uh, inquiries. And 
it's amazing how when you when you start from a point of view of state of being like I put on happiness and joy and love and then I make sure everything else fits with that and I approach and push off everything or give off that energy to everything so for me to come to these different awarenesses it took me quitting the best job I could have ever had because I realized I was not following my joy and excitement at that place and I was spending all of my time building somebody else's dream which was my brother's and I needed the time to me the time was more valuable than the money and so I chose my time over all those other things that everybody says is important and I stripped everything down to where it didn't require as much money so that I could trade out a little bit of time and get the money that I needed so that I could really focus on what it was I needed to become and who I really was but that brought me back to my third part of it which you know, when I, when I turned 21, I gave up hurrying, worrying, and caring what anyone else thought about me. Giving up hurrying allowed the synchronicities to line up, the coincidences. And I call a coincident a co-created incident. That is a co-created incident with me and the universe, with my particular little avatar for my soul. As I'm playing out this video game we call life. And the more you can follow that, that in the moment, joy and excitement. Now, I'm not saying you're, you're kicking off responsibility. Responsibility is merely the ability to respond. It's having that correct response and awareness is, you know, the, the ironic thing is that... Uh, we're constantly searching outside of ourselves for the answer when in truth and practice the answer is always within but it takes that segment intending to go into that spot of meditation to where you withdraw within and bring that awareness to the to the stillness and allow for those insights, those sights, those visions from within to lead you to the next little step. That's, that's what video games also teach, is, is challenging that, you know, and, and, and having that little breakthrough. <sighs> so interesting. From that stillness of the meditation, um, and the beauty is, meditation used to be a lot more difficult practice. They have so many beautiful technologies now because they realize that the brain, when you synchronize the two halves together, actually increases your IQ, it increases your awareness. There's so many different benefits from it. And there's different simple little audio techniques with, uh, uh, they call them binaural beats. You can, you can beat a frequency of a hertz uh, difference between the two ears 
and the brain will hear this wah 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 kind of a sound, and it will over time, very short time, synchronize the two halves of your brain and bring them into the same kind of meditative state that it would take a Zen Buddhist monk, monk Buddhist monk, to achieve. So meditation, or prayer, or being in nature, alone and still, all has the same effect. What you're doing is you're, you're increasing your vibrational state. Think of it as turning the volume up on your stereo, right? So you're turning up that volume of reception or, or amp amplitude. You're cranking up the amps, but you're lowering the voltage, right? So you're not spinning as fast. You're not running around trying to process everything and bringing in outside information. Because one thing that's fascinating is how we what we perceive that we see out in front of us is actually not the way that our eyes present it to us. It's translated by the brain to create this this image. More on that. So in my studies of virtual reality and, and computer game development and, and the art and creation behind that, I heard this amazing talk by the scientists who had studied the way the eye works and the way that our brain perceives it and how the, the image that's being presented and the way that the mind interprets it to give you the stable image that we see. Because if you take and push on your eyelid so that your eye kind of like just jiggles, you'll see it kind of wobble wibble the, the world. Well, when you're looking around at different areas, it's just like taking your phone and pointing it at those areas. Everything's at a different angle when you're taking that image in. But there's a part of the brain that right when it sends that signal that I'm going to look this way, it reorients that picture in your mind so that that lines up. And they were able to, to prove that this is the way that it works by deadening the nerve so that the intention to look that way was there, right? So the, the, the internal mechanism that says, okay, I need to shift it 45 degrees plus this in order for that image to line up. What happened was when you would try to look around, these, these test subjects had their eyes basically numbed. So they could try to look around at different things, but they could only look straight. And it's like your eyeballs were paralyzed. But when they would try to look that way, the whole world would move around. And and so they realized that we paint a picture of our reality through our perceptions and our biases. And so the more judgments you carry, the more clouded your vision is of what is truly in front of you. It's like a photo. So as I started to become more aware, when I started practicing meditation, and using these different tools, I started to... I, I also heard Dr. Wayne Dyer say this key phrase. He said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I thought, oh my gosh, how am I looking at things? And I realized that the town that I was living in, I was still looking at it from that perception of, this is the town I tried to get out of. 
and I switched that to this is the most beautiful spot on the planet I've ever been and how can I see more beauty around me let me look for it let me look for the beauty in the world and I started to see more beauty and I started to see patterns and I started to see textures that I never observed before and the raw beauty of things it's it's like with my art I I've done very many hyper photorealistic type paintings and I had tried to achieve that perfection of, of realism and along the side of that grew this ever-increasing ability to create realistic images so that by the time I had achieved that and I would show these amazing paintings people would go wow that looks like a photo and their mind their engagement boop, would shut off but when I paint abstracts and I put in textures of color and patterns of energy and movement, people engage and they go, ooh, look at that, did you see that? Oh my gosh, look at this. Because our brain is always creating patterns and looking for those patterns out there in the world. So one of the things I advise is to look at things without labels. Observe everything with the wonderment of a child, seeing it for the first time. And you'd be amazed. Simple things like water coming out of the faucet over your hands while you're washing them. If you're present, truly present in that moment and, and appreciating the thermodynamics of the water and what it took to get there, and just the beauty of those molecules and the way that they're arranged and the way they refract the light and the way the, the faucet reflects the light off of the, the mirror in front of you and the color bouncing off of the, the sink. It's all those little things that when you see that in video games and, and realize what it takes in order to create that kind of an illusion, it's fascinating. Thank you for this conversation. I just want to say thank you very much for making this feel a lot more like B1. And um, I'm going to go play some video games now. <laughs> Have a great and wonderful day. And thank you for inspiring that, that flow of words that, that came through me. And, and thank you for allowing, you, allowing me to share my thoughts and my, my awarenesses with you. I hope you can wash away your judgment and labels and see the now for the beauty that it is. Have a wonderful and beautiful day, my friend. This is Alistair Gardus, over and out. I'd like to thank everyone who has either contributed to or listened to this conversation regarding video games. Um, I find it a really valuable exploration because I know I'm not alone in my judgments of them. I, I talked to parents and heard the, the, the war and the battles that have occurred in their home over something like video games. And uh, so I just think it's so worth laying down the sword <laughs> against the video game and opening our minds to the value I was thinking even as I was listening to Vincent talking 
that this thing that we parents like to do, which is limit it to an hour or something like that. Oh, screen time, we call it. We've reduced the whole thing to screen time. And which is a belittling thing to this endeavor. And it, it does stunt the exploration of it. Now, do, I don't know the solution. I don't know that the solution is to just let your child spend hours and hours playing video games. I don't know that that's the solution either. But what I will say is that there's more to this than what we think when we just say it's screen time. There's more to it than that. And it's not the same as flaking out and watching a TV show. I'm learning that. It's not the same as that. And, uh, and, and we can talk about TV another time and what you can learn from documentaries and learn from all kinds of things there. So, uh, and I love what Vincent was saying, too, about how we are going to be going into an era of video games morphing into something even um, you know, off the screen eventually. You know, the, the geeks and the nerds who were completely into sci-fi and the parents were rolling their eyes, I saw a documentary once that it's those geeks and the nerds that are, <laughs> many of them loved sci-fi. Those are the ones who have invented iPhones and computers and, and all kinds of things. So if this conversation has helped broaden your view at all, have helped you have a little bit more understanding where you could um, have a conversation, if this could... Invite a situation where you could have a conversation with your teenager to child in your life where you could really hear, you know, I just invite you to ask them with an open mind and heart what their experience is like playing video games. What do they get out of it? What do they, what do they enjoy so much about it? And, and to really work hard at not responding even if they say something that panics you, <laughs> you know, even if they say something really out there, to not respond right away, to not roll your eyes, to not purse your lips, to be as open. And just like I invited you to listen to Vincent's words, not with your intellect, but with your heart and from an experiencing sense, to do the same when you listen to your child talk about why they love video games so much. And if nothing else, this will bring you closer, closer to your child. They'll feel heard, understood. They'll feel like you're interested in their life. And isn't that a great thing? That's what this has been for me. Talking to my daughter about this all yesterday. Um, for those of you who are on Anchor, I've saved those in my episodes where you can hear about 20 minutes of me um, having a conversation, very open dialogue conversation with my daughter. And uh, for those of you on this podcast, it's, it's in a different episode than this one. And uh, anyway, I continue to invite the conversation. Anyone who would like to call in through, through the Anchor app, I, I invite you to, uh, to keep, keep calling in and, and giving me your perspective on video games, the good and the bad as you see it. The scary, let's get these fears out there. Let's examine them, you know. And see if they're really as bad as we think. And even really see if they're founded in fact. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for engaging with me uh, on this topic. 
And for those of who would like to uh, connect with me, you can find my email, my contact information through my website, debbiebridge.ca. Have a great night.